Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by lead pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. This morning, Pastor Rex brings us a message entitled Fear, Faith, and Our Future. Today I'm going to talk to you for a few moments about faith, fear, and our future. Faith, fear, and our future. How many of us know what happened? No, it's going to happen November the 3rd. We're going to have an election in the United States. And I'm just going to be open and honest with us today as a church. This election is pivotal for the freedom of America. Yes. It's also pivotal for the freedom of your church. Yes. And you say, well, pastor, you don't believe that, I don't believe that churches should get involved in politics. I beg to differ. The reason that the world is in the shape and America is in the shape is because the church has forgot about politics and getting involved in the white house. And if you've ever voted biblically, you need to do so. You have yes. a right to vote that many people gave their life and shed their blood for you. Yes. And yes. I challenge you today, it would be non-Christian not to vote. Yes. I'm just going to be honest with you. And it's time for, to, for us to call it like it is. Yes. It's time for us to stand in the pulpit and proclaim the good news of the gospel in love. Yes, Let's stand for truth. And that's what we're going to do here today. Amen. I want us to go to Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 37 through 41. If you'll stand with us for the reading of the word, I'll give y'all a moment to stretch your legs. I'm going to preach an hour and a half this morning. Amen. Amen. I hope. Well, I got two amen, so amen. Amen. I'm not going to show y'all corn or steak this morning. How about that? Amen. Let's read the scripture together. A furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And verse 40, he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They terrified, they were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Stretch your hands this way. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you to anoint us and to touch us and to use us in the delivery and the presentation of your word today. God, we need you. We desire you. We want you. Holy Spirit, change us by the power of your word in Jesus' name. And all the church said amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now the disciples, right before this storm, let me give you a little preface to this. They were on the seashore in a safe place, and Jesus had been teaching parables, and all of a sudden Jesus says, let's go get in a boat, and let's go to the other side of the sea. And they get in a boat, and it's dark, and a storm coming, and Jesus is in the bottom of the boat, asleep on the pillow. Now, how many has ever liked taking Sunday afternoon naps? Or naps? Come on, now. Some of y'all need to get some confession going on this morning. Many of us like to take naps, amen? But Jesus was taking such a nap that he got him a pillow and took a nap. It said, one version said, he grabbed his pillow and took a nap. So if you're getting ready to take a pillow and get a pillow to take a nap, you're in a pretty deep sleep. And all of a sudden, storm come up. And it's very commonplace in this sea that is surrounded by mountains. If you go back and think about this area, you do some research on this area where the sea is, that it's very common for windstorms to come up because that whole sea is surrounded by a mountain area. And when the wind blows over the top, it creates a funnel or a cyclone in that area. So it was commonplace for them to have storms like that but it was uncommon to have a storm of this magnitude that they would have it, which was almost like typhoon or hurricane levels. So there were three storms going on in the disciples' lives right now. 
It was an external storm. The first of the external storm was the wind was beating the boat, and the Bible says that it was being filled with water. That the boat was being filled with water. Now, I, I have a boat. How many of us have a boat? I just want to be in a boat when it's filling up with water. You know, how many of you ever went and took your boat out and didn't put the plug in it? And you see it filling up with water. I guarantee you going in there and getting the plug and you putting it in that boat quick. Or you hitting that bilge pump to make it pump water out, okay? I've done that before and not have my my uh my uh, the stopper in there good. So I've, I've got down in, uh, in the water before it. Put that plug in and make sure it's seated and turn that bilge pump off. So we don't want to sink. So, but these guys, the storm was so intense, there was an external storm. The storm was happening and it was so intense that the boat began to fill up with water. And then there was an emotional storm. What was the emotional storm? The emotional storm is that they're scared. How many's ever been scared before? Come on. How many's believed today that in America people are scared? Amen. Amen. The, the media has a lot to do with it. Oh, yeah. You want preach like that today, Pastor? Oh, yeah. The media has a lot to do because they're feeding you something they want to scare you because they want to control you. Amen. So they were scared because there was a storm going on. That was the external storm. They were scared because there was an emotional storm. Their, their feelings were hurt and they were scared and they thought they were going to drown or at least try to, try to swim back to shore in a storm. And then there was a spiritual storm. So, well, Pastor, how was their spiritual storm? Their God, their, their, the one, their teacher, their leader, their rabbi was asleep on a pillow in the bottom of the boat, and the boat's about to sink, and he don't even know that's going on. So there's a spiritual storm. So how many of us today have ever been in a situation in our lives when we are in the storm and the fight of our life, and it seems like Jesus is in the storm, stirring to the boat, asleep, and he don't care about what's going on. Come on, has anybody besides me ever got on your, your face in prayer and praying to God and you're asking for an answer and the heavens seem like grass and you can't get an answer? But can I tell you, I would rather be in the storm in the boat with Jesus than be in the storm in the boat without him. It may seem that it was singing like me and they go on and goes on to say in the next verse it said, it says, but they, they said to him, say, Lord, don't you even care that we're drowning? Don't you even care that we're going to drown? Don't you even care that the boat's filling up with water? And Jesus didn't say shut up, or he didn't say sit down, or he said, you know, what I would probably say, man, why are you waking me up for? I was, I was in my napping nap today. But Jesus didn't do that. The Bible said that he got up. And they said, Jesus, don't you even care that we're perishing, we're going to drown? And then he rose up. The Bible said he got up. He walked to the top of the boat, and he looked at the sea, and he said, peace, be still. The Bible said he rebuked the wind and the wind sat down. Now listen, he said, peace be still. Now listen, some of us need to hear this this morning. If he's saying peace be still, that means peace must have been moving. Think about that for a moment. He said, peace be still. So when he says peace be still, that means peace is moving. Jesus told his disciples when he would greet them after he had been resurrected from the dead, he would walk into the room and say, peace be unto you. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Every time. And when he got ready to leave his disciples, when he got ready to be a, to ascend, to, to, be, to go into the ascension to the Father, he said, peace I live unto you. Peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, but the peace I give. Now listen, church, there's a lot of us in our homes and our lives and our nation is in a battle right now. We're in a storm. Come on, let's wake up and be real. We're in a storm today and many people are walking through things that they thought they'd never have to walk through. But can I tell you, he's still in the boat. He still knows what's going on. And even when we think he's sleeping, he's still gone. Even when we think he's sleeping, he's still gone. Amen. There's been times in my life when I thought, God, I can't hold this thing together no more. And I'm doing everything I can do, Brian, just to keep myself in the road, just to keep my faith and just try to keep myself together. Anybody ever been in a place where you think you're going to lose your mind? Come on, be real with me. You think that the enemy's attacking your life. The Bible says when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up the standard. And what Jesus was telling his disciples, the storms are going to come. Listen to me, church. The storm that America in is, is we're in a real storm right now. But the Bible says in Ecclesiastes that there's a time and a season under heaven that things happen. It's not always going to be this way. Come on. It's not always going to be this way. This storm's going to pass. But guess what? There's another storm coming over the horizon. That's right. 
You say, well, Pastor, why are you talking like this? The Bible says in the last days, perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Heady, high-minded, blasphemers, adulterers, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Yeah. So what's wrong in the church today? We have a form of godliness, but we deny the power and the movement of the Holy Ghost. You say, but pastor, what are you talking about? We want a form of godliness, and we want a visitation on Sunday, but we want, don't want an inhabitation. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in your life when you have an inhabitation of the Holy Spirit. The junk's going to get out in order for the Holy Ghost yes, to live there. Yes. And I know this is not popular in a lot of churches, but I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit is doing to the church before the rapture or the catching away of the church. And you say, well, Pastor, do you know where the rapture of the church is? No, the Bible says no man knows except Jesus himself. Isn't that what you say? So when Jesus says it's time to go, the Father's going to look at the Son and say it's time. They're going to agree and we're going to go, okay? That's what's going to happen. But the Bible also talks about that he would separate the sheep from the goats. And you say, well, Pastor, what does that have to be do with living in a boat? Jesus got up and he asked a question to his disciples. Why are you scared and why do you have not have any faith? He asked two questions. Why are you scared and where is your faith? Let me go back in earlier in Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 4. Jesus says, let's go get on the boat and go to the other side. Jesus said, let us get in the boat and go to the other side. The same thing that he spoke to these disciples in the sea, before they got in the boat and boarded and went across the sea is the same thing that he's speaking to the church of the living God today. Let us get in the boat, go through the storm, and go to the other side. If there's ever been a word from God for this church in this area, there's a word right now. This storm, hear me, church. Some of you are wondering, is COVID is ever going to be over? I'm telling you, this storm will not last forever. But I can tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be storms down the road. But there's also going to be some times of rejoicing down the road. And there's going to be times of victory. And there's going to be some times of growth. But I tell you what he's doing to the church. He will separate the sheep from the goats. Yes, And you say, well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? People that are have a form of godliness but deny the parent power thereof are people that think they're saved but they're not. Amen. I know I'm not supposed to preach like this. But before you leave this house today, you need to know before you leave this house that you know Jesus. Right. We are not promised today tomorrow. Matter of fact, Apostle Paul said it like this, Brian, life is but a vapor. It appears for a while and it fades away. We've had two people that passed away from our church family this week that didn't expect to leave here. Hear me. Hear what I'm saying. And I'm not trying to make spite of that. I love these folks and I'm praying for them and I'm praying for the God of peace to give peace to them. But church, hear me. Hear me. Don't lay your head on your pillow at night unless you know, you know, you know Jesus. Because when you draw your last, the truth of the matter is it's either heaven or hell. And Jesus paid the price for you to go to heaven, and his desire for hell was for Satan and his demons. Isn't that what scripture says? And Jesus said, But I don't believe a righteous God to send me to hell. He won't. He makes us free moral agents that we pick and choose whether we, whether we want salvation or not, but we choose heaven or hell. That's right. But the bottom line is, we need to know. You say, Well, Pastor, I pray this prayer. That don't make you saved. Real quiet. Come on. Like me being in a garage don't make me a car. You going to church don't make you a Christian. The Bible says that this, Jesus said it like this. In the end, the true church, the Bible says that the signs and the wonders will follow them. Isn't that what it says? That the miracles the disciples did will follow the body of believers in the last days. You say, well, God can use me. I've only been saved two months, Pastor, and I don't know a lot about the Bible, but you can know a lot about the Bible if you choose to. And you can choose to know him. The signs and the wonders will follow them. What do you mean by that? That means the same gifts that were flowing through his disciples will flow through his church in the last day. If we want it. If we want it. See, we, we have, and the churches today, 
I'm not just talking about Restoration Church. I'm talking about the church as a whole. The, the church is a living God. We have relinquished a move of God to a Sunday morning 30 minute praise and worship session. We have dictated to be there. We can't say we're going to have a move of God at Walmart witnessing to somebody and tell them about Jesus. We're not going to pull out the oil and lay hands on people and see them recover anymore because that's not what they do. we do today. That's recovering to the word of God. He said the signs and the wonders will follow them who believe. He also said, this is how they will know you, my disciples, by your love for one another. We can't tell somebody about love if we're not showing love. Amen. You want to know how you people know you're my disciples? You're his disciples? Is that you love each other? Yes. Amen. How many have family members that irritate you? Some of y'all need to repent right now. My wife, I love her. We've been married 28 years, but I irritate her from time to time. There's some days, Regina, she'll say, why don't you and Connell just go fishing today or go work in the yard or y'all go watch a ball game or go do this. You know what I know? She's saying that she needs a moment. And she may be there washing clothes and mopping and cleaning house or doing whatever, or she may be ordering something off Amazon. I mean, I don't know where that came from. But anyway, she, that's what might, she might be doing. But the bottom line is she needs a moment because we have things that irritate each other. That's the reason the Bible says that we need to bear with one another. You say, well, Pastor, I, you know, I've had people in the past that's hurt me in the church. Well, God didn't hurt you in the church. People did. I've had people blame God. Well, God, I got hurt in the church. So, you know, what you're doing is you're worshiping people instead of worshiping God. People are on the phone. Listen, you know, in the seat of authority instead of God. Now, listen, I've been hurt in church more than one time. But you know what I've learned to do? Realize that we're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in high places. It is a spiritual walk. Jesus said it this way those who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. The reason we can't worship because we push the spirit back. I mean, I remember when we, we were growing up and the Spirit of God would fall and people would be praying in the altars and people would be getting slain in the Spirit and all the things were happening and people were getting messages and, and, and getting words of wisdom and prophecy was going forth and we'd be there hours and hours and nobody ever found that it was tired the next day. Because the Spirit of God was moving. So we don't need another visitation of the Holy Spirit. We needed an habitation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We relinquish a move of God to what's going on in the church. When the church is only a small part of what happens in this building, the main part is what's happening outside this building. I love this church building. I love pastoring this church. If I didn't, I wouldn't still be here. I'm just being honest. I believe in restoration. I believe in our mission. I believe in you and I love you and I pray for you every day. But I'm not living for you. I'm living for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing what I'm doing for you. I'm going to cast the crown on his feet at his feet one day. Yeah. And if you're living for Pastor Rex, you're going to fall short. I'm going to fall short and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to let you down from time to time. But if you're living for Jesus, can I tell you today, you're going to lay a crown at his feet one day. Yeah. And he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been ruler over a few things now. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over me. Listen, church, we're almost there. It's not a time to look back to put our hands to the plow, pass forward, and go home. Amen. Finish this. Finish. Amen. We need to finish. So what was he telling his disciples? His disciples were sitting there, Jesus, Jesus, get up. Don't you even care that the boat, you know Jesus is in the stern of the boat, Jason. Where's the water going? To the bottom of the boat, right? Anybody ever been in a boat? Where's the water going to go? To the bottom. Because that's called gravity. So I imagine Jesus probably got his little blanket with And they're sitting there shaking and waking him up. And he said, he's saying, you know, where's your faith? So they're sitting there scared about something. And Jesus is, is so unconcerned about it. No, he's concerned about it. He's just sitting there chilling because he knows who he is. Now I've been preaching for several weeks on spiritual authority. See, you can call Pastor Rich and you can ask him to pray for you and I promise you, I'm praying for you when you call me. You can message on group me. I'm gonna, if I'm working, I'm going to pray in my spirit for you. 
But I can tell you what, God gave you authority through his son Jesus that you can call all heaven and earth yourself. And he invites you, as Hebrews 4 and 16 says, to come boldly to the throne of grace in your hour of need when you find help, hope, and healing. Amen. And he also tells us in Colossians that we are confess our faults and our sins one another that we may find healing, church. We said, well, Pastor, people don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know about the strongholds of my life. I guarantee you somebody in this room has dealt with the same thing you've dealt with. Yes. And when we confess, we find hope and healing. You say, in church, yeah. If the church can't help, who can? So they're there shaking Jesus, waking him up. And Jesus gets up and the Bible says he rebukes the wind. And then something happens. But I want us to think about for a few minutes. He asked these two questions. Why are you afraid? Why is it that you have no faith? These are not some guys he just picked up off the street. These are his disciples that's been following him and, and worshiping with him and serving with him. They call Jesus rabbi. You know what they call him? Because they understand our teacher. They understand the power, but they forget these are the same guys that their shadows would heal people and they would cast demons out of people and that they would perform all kinds of miracles. But yet they're shaking in the bottom of a boat trying to wake a man up from his nap because they're scared. Yeah. What I'm trying to say today, church, is you're going to get scared. Yeah. We're going to face fear yeah. and we're going to face things that are uncertain. Look around us. We've been in seven months of uncertainty. And we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know this, he will never leave me nor forsake me. He will go with me always, in, even until the ends of the earth. And he's going to have a church, and he's going to have a revival, and we haven't seen that revival happen yet. We're seeing the outer edge of it, so he's not finished with us yet. You need to be encouraged today. He's not finished with the church. If I believe he's finished with the church, I wouldn't still be pastoring. Amen? I believe that he's got our greatest days are ahead of us. I believe that he's beginning to wake people up and make people fast and leading people into fasting and prayer. I believe that he's also allowing us to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. John wrote it several times in the book of Revelation. He said, Ear, hear, he that hath ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. He that has ears, let him hear. He was telling them constantly, open up your spiritual ears to hear what the Lord is saying to the church. Church, hear me. If you're a Christian and you're a follower of Christ and you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you heard it from the horse's mouth today, you need to be sick of it. Because there's times coming on this earth that you're going to have to have it. You say, well, Pastor, do I need the Holy Spirit to go to be able to function? I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Amen. I need the Holy Spirit to go to work every day. I need the Holy Spirit to get up and get a shower every day and to clean my house and to put clothes on and to mow my I need the Holy Spirit everywhere. And we have relinquished it. We can't. We have we have sat there and we put it in a in a service and in a bubble. And you know, and I heard Tony Evans say this the other day. We, we, we love Jesus and we worship him on Sunday morning. We're full of faith and we walk out the door. We go back and put our same clothes on and we continue to live the same way and we expect to change the world, but we've never been changed. So the change has to happen inside of us. David told God in prayer, he said, God, examine me. Search my inmost being and, and, and tell me there's something wrong inside of my heart. And you say, well, Pastor, are you telling me I'm not saying? No, I'm not saying. What I am saying is that we need to examine ourselves. And we need to check ourselves and see if there's anything in our life that does not need to be there. After Jesus rebuked the sea, the Bible says a great fear fell on the disciples. And they said, who is this, Brother Keith? They said, who is this that even the seas and the winds obey? The fear of the storm went away because Jesus rebuked the storm and it was gone and peace sat down there. But then a holy hush and fear fell on the disciples because they realized they were in the presence of Almighty God. 
We have lost our all. Hear what I'm saying today, church? I'm going to preach right here. We have lost our all and our sense of all of God and who he is. When Moses saw the bush burning, in the, the burning bush burning, and it was not consumed, Moses knew that he was in the presence of God. And God told Moses, Moses, before you come any closer, take off the shoes because the place where you're standing is holy ground. When Jesus, when, when Joshua was standing at the wall, standing before the walls of Jericho, and an angel, a warrior stood there with his sword drawn, and Joshua asked him, Are you for us or against us? The person, the, 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 the Lord said, Neither. You know what he was telling Joshua? I didn't come here to take sides. I come here to take over. Joshua saw Jesus in flesh with his sword drawn. You yeah. said, well, Pastor, I don't believe that. In the Old Testament, an angel of the Lord represented the word of the Lord and it also represented the person of Christ. Yeah. So Joshua got and saw Jesus and then something miraculous happened. The, the, the Lord himself gave Joshua, go back and read it for yourself, gave Joshua instructions on how to take Jericho. But he knew that he was in the presence of the Lord. Joshua did. We cannot lose our awe and our sense of power of God that he actually has because of the circumstances that are around us. See, we're minimizing our God to how big our problems. We say, God, you know how big this problem is in my life. And we begin to tell God how big our problem is instead of telling our problem how big our God is. Yeah. We can't no longer do that, church. If he's giving you the authority to cast out demons and to walk on scorpions and serpents, he's giving you the authority to tell your problem to cease. Yeah. So, well, Pastor, how do we do that? We walk in the authority through humility in God yeah. and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We were watching a show the other day about Jesus delivering Mary, delivering Mary Magdalene from the demons that were in her. Even though she was bound with demons, Jesus loved her. Now, he wasn't there to judge her and talk about the lifestyle that she was living in. She was a prostitute. But he was there to free her. Listen, church, we come in contact with people every day who are lost and are bound and they're looking for hope. And scripture tells us that we should give an account for the hope that lies within us. Isn't that what scripture says? Mm -hmm. They are looking for hope, and we know the hope. Mm -hmm. And we need to be giving it to people. We need to be sharing it to people. You so, say, Pastor, I'm not a Bible theologian. I've never read the Bible through. I don't have a I don't have a theology. You don't have to have a theo theological degree to share Jesus with somebody. You need to know two scriptures, John 3:16 and John 3:17. You can know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but ever have, have everlasting life. And he didn't come into this world to condemn this world but this world through him might be saved. Amen. You can lead many people to Christ with two verses in the Bible. You say, well, Pastor, how do I do that? Share the word? If you share the word, the Holy Spirit's in the word. Amen? In the beginning, the word was with God and the word was with, was with God and the word was God. Isn't that what you said? All this from the beginning. So if we speak the word, God, that word is not going to return void. That's also scripture. So Jesus is telling his disciples, why are you living in fear? And what happened to your faith? What happened to your faith? What happened to their faith is that the storm scared them. Jesus, they forgot that Jesus had said a few verses earlier, a few moments earlier before they got in the boat, let us go to the other side. Jesus already said that we're going to safely make it to the other side, but they had forgotten what Jesus said when they got in the storm. How many of us forget what Jesus says when we get in the storm? But how many times when you got in the storm and you begin to forget what, what the Holy Spirit and the Word of God has showed you in the storm, the Holy Spirit brings it back to your remembrance. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's when the Spirit of the Lord lift up the standard. You may be in the worst place in your life, but the Spirit of the Lord will lift up the standard. The Spirit of the Lord can't lift up the standard if we don't allow the Spirit of the Lord to have control of our lives. Yes, 
The Spirit of the Lord will lift up the standard. That means I don't have to do it. Remember, grace is free, church. If we never understand anything else, understand this. You can't do anything to earn grace. Jesus paid the price for it. All you have to do is walk in it. So quit trying to earn it. We need to quit trying to earn it. You know what happens to people that think they have to earn their way into heaven? They treat everybody else in their relationships. They got to earn what they their relationship with them. And we can't do that. We can't treat people that way. Be assured that tests will come. Storms will come. They're going to come. You say, Pastor, this is not the word I needed to hear today. Yeah, storms are going to come. But guess what? Your Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. He also told his disciples, in this life you're going to have troubles, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Amen. He promised them, I'm going away, but I'm going to send you my comforter. And that comforter is going to lead you into all truth. Isn't that what it said? Yes. It's expedient, or it's, it's, I must go away so the Holy Ghost will come. Jesus is not here in flesh today, but his Holy Spirit is here. Yes. And he's still leading us into all truth, but we got to worship him in spirit and in truth. We need to understand that God we serve, he is the son of God and he's the son of the man. He is both human and divine. Come on. He is also born, he was also born of a virgin, conceived of the Holy Spirit, walked in this life sinless, yet became sin for us on the cross. Died on the cross, yet rose from the dead. Amen. Made us the righteousness of God through his blood. He ascended to the right hand of the Father, which is the place of authority, by the way. He makes intercession for us daily. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And is soon come for his bride, the church. He is our peace. He is our hope. He is our firm foundation. He is our bridge from earth to heaven. That's what Jesus is. He is our comforter. He is our healer. He is our sustainer. He is our eternal God. Amen. That's who we are. And when I go to the Lord in prayer, I remind God, you are my healer. Come on, church, help me today. You are my sustainer. You were conceived of the Holy Spirit. You were both man and your God. You have all of it in your hand. And one day you will place all things under your feet. So I'm not just talking to somebody that's bank account is going to run out. Listen, I can have a million dollars in the bank, but if I keep drawing from it, it's going to run out. But listen, we serve a God today who has unlimited resources, and he's given us the ability. Help me today, church. Help me glorify him today to come to him in our hour of need and come boldly to the throne of grace when we find help, hope, and healing. But we don't do that unless we put on that put on that shield, hold up that shield of faith, put on the helmet of the salvation, put on the shoes of the gospel of the preparation of peace, and we walk into that front room having authority. We have a trail service and step to the puzzle. We have our shoes on, we have our armor. We take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the Lord, and we fight the enemy. We push him back. Come on, church. Quick. Walking in a place where you have no authority. Submit yourself to the Lord. Put on the armor of God and begin to walk in the freedom he's given us. It's time for the church to stand up. It's time to understand there will be faith, there will be fear, but we have a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says it like this. Those has given you a hope and a future. You say, well, Pastor, I don't see a lot of hope for our future. Open the book. Read the book. If you go read the back of the book, church, we win. But don't just read the back. Read the first chapter and the second chapter. Read all 66 of them. Come on. Read them and let them consume you. Let them take you to places that you've never been before. His invitation with us is, in, as he said in, in Hebrews chapter 4 and 16, I'm going to read that scripture. He said, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. That we may receive mercy and find grace in our hour of need. There's going to be times that we're in need. You know what he just said? Come boldly to the throne of grace that we might receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our hour of need. So when I go to my throne room, when I go into my prayer room, rather, and I approach my God, I'm going to approach my God as a poor king that's about to be kicked off this throne. 
I approach my God, but he's the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. When he spoke, life happened. When he spoke, this moon, this world was coming into existence. When he spoke, dead, dead things come out of the grave. And you say, well, Pastor Rich, do you believe those things, those signs and wonders are going to follow them? I do believe that because the Word of God believes that. It teaches me that, and I should believe what the Word of God. See, I don't have a chance to pick and choose what I want to believe. When we pick and choose what we want to believe, we're not walking in the authority of the Word. But when we walk in the authority of the Word, we're able to see miracles happen. Hear me today, church, because we're agreeing with the Word of God. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament, also in the New, it said that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Now wait a minute. This is the same Abraham that was promised a son with his wife, right? Remember the story of Abraham? He was promised a son with his wife, Sarah, who was too old to have children and he was too old for women to have children by him. But God told him, you're going to have a son. Anybody remember what Abraham did? He got impatient, and he got his handmaid pregnant. You know what happened? Yeah. You don't know where the Muslim faith come from? Ishmael. I'm not supposed to say that either, but that's where it came from. And for years and years and years, the Christian faith and the Muslim faith have been doing this. But there's no real it's called the Christian faith. It's still real. That's right. But Abraham disobeyed God. Then after that, Abraham repented, and the Bible said he believed God, and him and Sarah come together and had a child. Who remember saying, what was the child's name? Abraham and Sarah's child. Isaac. God of Abraham, Isaac, and he had a son. Isaac had a son named Jacob, right? Okay. He believed God. She conceived in an old age and had a son. Matter of fact, anybody remember what happened when the angel of the Lord appeared to her and told her she was going to have a child? She laughed. How many ever God? I'm, I'm going somewhere. This I know y'all think I'm chasing a rabbit. I promise you, I'm not. He's a small rabbit. I'm chasing one. How many times God's ever promised you in your spirit that he's going to do something and we laugh? Right. I don't know about that one, God. God made me a promise a long time ago. A long time ago. Years and years and years ago. Almost 20 years ago now. And the night that promise was given to me in an altar from a man that didn't know me from Adam's apple. He didn't. He spoke to me when David Jr., he says, you're going to be a pastor one day. You know what my spirit did? <laughs> I'm just being real. Did you know the last thing I wanted to be? Was a preacher. A pastor. Something happened in 2016, in September of 2016, I became a but the word of God also came to me that night. The guy promised, he said, the Lord told me you're going to be a pastor one day, but you're going to go through a season of correction and building and you're going to be called to be a servant before you ever leave. And my wife can tell you, my kids can tell you, we spent many years serving others and lifting the arms of other pastors before I ever got to know you. What are you saying? I'm saying that God's promises may not happen, but if he promised you something and you walk in it, it'll happen. You may not happen as quick as you think you want it to happen. I'm talking to somebody today. You may say, well, pastor, I don't know about all that prophecy stuff. Well, it's the gift of the Spirit. And it's still for the church today. Those tongues, they're still for the church today. They didn't go away in the New Testament times. The word of knowledge didn't go away. The gift of discernment didn't go away. The gift of interpretation, it didn't go away. The Spirit of the Lord is still moving in the church. Those gifts are still moving in the church. But we got to see them. And we got to walk in. So the lesson learned that day, my disciples on the boat that was filling up the water, was this. What he says on the land still stands in the storm, and I'll go to the other side. 
when he says in the quiet place, standing on a seashore with the breeze blowing and the waves crashing in, boy, was still firm and true in the boat filling up with water. And they would go to the other side and continue on in their journey with Jesus because what he said in the calm place will still stand in the storm and will still stand when I go into my future. And you say, well, Pastor Rich, why well, I don't know about all that. I do. Because I've seen, how many has ever been in a bad place that you didn't ever think you was going to get out of and there was no way out? But then God. But then God, I just held on. And a lot of times I'm talking to somebody today. You may be thinking, Miss Marianne, that you're holding on, but it's the Holy Spirit holding you on. Helping you hold on. It's the Holy Spirit keep, keeping us and comforting us. And helping us. When I can't do it, He does it for me. And when I understand that, I walk in the thought. He's stealing answers for those who have been broken, those that are lost, those that are hurt, those that are sick, those that are oppressed, those that are confused, and those that have been betrayed. Betrayed. And those who need direction. He's stealing answers. It hasn't changed who God is. I don't know about y'all. But I want to get my all back of who God is. Yes. I'm going to come in here on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. I want to go to my workplace every day anticipating God to do something like that. Because right. yeah. if we just keep it here, Every head bowed, every eye closed. If we just keep the miracle and the gift that God's got us here, if we just hold it within us, we're not sharing that gift with others. How are they gonna know? How are they gonna know? How are they gonna find hope in people? How are they gonna find Jesus? Hear me today, church. There's a lot of people. They may not find Jesus in this church because they've never come in this church. Now they may find Jesus when you share with them in the workforce or wherever you're at or wherever God takes you or wherever God leads you. Out in your life, every day, that's where the church is most effective. Do I believe in church? Do I believe in the move of God in the church? I do, but I believe if there's a genuine move of God in the church, there will be a genuine move of God outside the walls of this church. Now more than ever, we don't need another visitation church. What we need to be praying for is an habitation of the Holy Ghost that follows us every day through the truth of the Word of God. That we love people through it. And many times, many times, I don't know how, but the last few weeks, out of the blue, unexpectedly, God has given me the opportunity to pray for different people that I work with. Good. I was driving home one day from work and I was like, Lord, why are you putting all these people in my life that I work with to pray with? He says, because and the Holy Spirit just spoke this in my spirit. He says, because time's running out of something. Yeah. And there's people that you're around every day. And for about 10 minutes, I just weep trying to stay in the, on the highway. And God just showed me people that just are struggling just to make it every day. And he says, the time is now. Put the trumpet to your mouth. Sound the alarm. Tell people the truth. Love people through it. Speak the truth of the gospel to people every day. Live the gospel of peace every day. Live the gospel of peace every day. The woman at the well. Jesus walked up to the Samaritan woman that he was not even supposed to speak to. That was illegal to speak to in his culture. And he told her everything she'd ever done. But he didn't tell her that to make her feel lesser of a person. She already felt like a lesser of a person. He told her that to let her know that he was God and that he was there to heal her. She was drawing water from a well, but she would find living water. 
He even told her, if you knew who you were talking to, you would ask me for one. And then when he began to read her mail and tell her the truth of her life, she began to open up and she was healed that day because our Savior walked 20 some odd miles out of the way to be a woman in the well and a well that day broken. Will he take you 20 miles out of the way? Will he slow us down to help somebody that's hopeless? He will. So my challenge to us today, church, is this. Ask God in your own way to put somebody in your path that you need to share the hope of Jesus with this week. Yes. And you say, well, Pastor, I, I don't know what to say. The Bible says that he will Give us the words to say. That's right. The Holy Spirit will speak for us. Give us the words to speak today. The time is now, church. The time is now. The church needs to sound the alarm. We've been given a faith. We still battle fear. But we've been given a future. He will not allow you not to see the future. He will allow the church that's going to see its future. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful God, I ask you right now to stir our hearts to make Pass, be our pass to lead and direct, to guide and direct our paths. To go into a place to where we lead other people with you today. Even today, Lord, you can put somebody in our path today and we speak hope to them. God, you can put someone in our path today that we may not lead, lead to the Lord, but we may plant a seed and somebody else may lead to you. Help us to see that. Help us, Holy Spirit. My request today is for the church to grab a sense of urgency that you're calling us to, to be the church. To be the church. Whether it's been in this two days or 20 years, help us to be the church. Help us to show Jesus somebody this week. Yes, even sometimes speak words. Let our lives show people Jesus. Because if our lives show people Jesus, our words will be able to share you with them. Holy Spirit, we love you. Holy God, we love you. Now we ask again for you to give comfort to our church family members that's lost loved ones this week. I ask you to give the peace that passes all understanding to hearts and minds in Christ Jesus today. And I pray when the spirit and the attack of the enemy comes in like a flood that you will lift the standard. That you would help us give the hugs, the smiles, the kind words, or maybe the listening ears to those who are today. Who needed someone to talk to or somebody to hear the words that they're loved and they're cared for. Holy Spirit, allow us to be there. Help us to be a hospital for the hurting, not a museum for the saints. That's my prayer, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today, every head bowed and every eye closed, you don't know Jesus. You're not where you need to be with the Lord. Maybe there's something in your heart that don't need to be there. I want you to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray this prayer. So I'll pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to change my heart. I ask you to become real to me today, Lord. Lord, I ask you to help me let you in today. Help me, God, to surrender it all. Lord, I lay it at your feet today. I give it all to you today.
I lay my life down and surrender to you. Every sin, every bit of anger, every bit of confusion, I lay it all down. I commit my life to you, Jesus. I ask you to take me for eternity. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. Amen. And amen. Amen. And amen. Now, those of you that prayed that prayer, the Bible says that He's removed our sin as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again. Don't walk out of here with your head down. Walk out of here with your head raised, anticipating the coming of the Lord. But until then, I'm going to be working. How about you? Till he comes. I'm going to be the hands and feet of Christ this week. I'm going to give that smile to somebody that's been rude and ugly. Come on. That's the hands and feet of Christ. That's the holiness. And for those of us that battle this battle in our mind that you're weakening up, I say this and I'm done. You'll never be good enough, but that you don't have to be because Jesus was. You can't earn it. He's already paid for it. It's a free gift. So we can walk in freedom today. We can walk in wholeness today. Amen. Whomsoever the Son is set free is free indeed. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He has made me the head and not the tail above. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what's happening in heaven right now? There's a party going on in heaven because two people give their heart to the Lord at Restoration Church. Rededicated their lives. Think about that. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice. That's what happens. So they got it all turned up, man. They got the lights flashing. And there's a party around the world. Amen. That's how much he cares. He throws a party every time somebody comes to the Lord. I think we ought to party down here a little bit too. I'm not saying I'm going to dance. I'm just saying every once in a while I'm going to get party. If I dance, I want to be in the spirit. Amen. Amen. I love you. Thank you for joining us at Restoration Church. If you enjoyed this message today, Check us out at RestorationMcCalla.com. And for more messages, you can listen to us on Spotify under Restoration Church.